Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast um, for Friday, December 29th. Hope everyone had a great holiday break. On this episode of the Foul Balls podcast, we'll be covering tomorrow's EPL slate, English Premier League. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Rob. Hey, Rob, how's your Christmas? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, same to you. I had an excellent one. Lots of family around. All the the young kids in my family are starting to hit that age now where Christmas is mean and something. So our family parties get a little, a little bit more fun in them. So that's always a good time. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this late. Yeah, it's always a fun time when, you know, dinner and the gift wrapping ceremonies and whatnot are full of happiness and laughter and everyone gets what they want. Hopefully that continues with, you know, DFS winnings. Anyways, as always, let's dive right in. We'll start with the goalkeepers. Take it away, Rob. What goalies do you have your eye on for tomorrow? Yeah, sounds good. First of all, we'll talk about Courtois. Um, I think that he is an interesting play in the sense that uh, Stoker going to give him lots of shots, but he he probably is going to concede. Uh, Stoke aren't the worst team in the league at scoring. They're the worst team at keeping the ball out of the net, so... I won't be looking at Courtois to get a clean sheet this week, but if it does happen, he should have a pretty decent floor based off a fair amount of saves and uh, the likelihood that Chelsea should be beating Stoke this weekend. So I will be looking at Courtois a little bit, but he's just too expensive. Uh, So he he definitely isn't one of my top plays, that's for sure. David Degay, on the other hand, is going to be one of my top keeper plays in both formats this week. I think... Not only does he have excellent wing backs to stack with, but he still has the chance to make five to six saves every single game. Not only does he have the opportunity to make those saves, but he has the skill set to make those saves. So every single week you have the chance to get the guy at uh, a cheaper than uh, the most expensive and a little bit depressed ownership coming in off last week. I'm totally okay with everyone freaking out over last week's score. I don't believe that's going to happen again, especially not this week against Southampton. Uh, Southampton are too hurt, so we should be looking at DeGay to get a few saves and walk away with the CS bonus win this week. Um, after him, the next goalie uh, I'll be looking at, uh, I think uh, Mignolet is a fade this week against Leicester. Leicester should score without getting more than three shots on net, uh, which is a, a bad recipe for DFS. So I'll be looking past the Liverpool keepers this week. Gomes and Watford's an absolute target against Swansea. He shouldn't see too many saves, but at the same time, Swansea are playing like an absolute disaster as of late, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Gomes get a CS bonus win here. Um, for uh, only 5.4K in DraftKings, that's a pretty good option, and as we'll talk about in Defenders, he has some amazing stacking options, so while I'm not necessarily looking for Gomes in cash this week, I think for GPP, he will be an excellent play at only 5.4K. Fade Newcastle. There's no no reason to play a Newcastle keeper uh, at more than 5K salary. It doesn't matter how the slate lines up or how many shots he's expecting. It's not worth your uh, risk to take a, take a shot on that. For uh, Asmir Begovic on uh, Bournemouth, that should be a fade this week. Everton are playing a little bit better than a, a lot on paper we'll be looking at. A lot of this has to do with uh, their minutes being constricted by how many bodies there are to play. 
my hope is that some guys like uh, Blassie will start to get the will will get the start this week, and we'll continue to see more starting minutes. Uh, but in terms of how that affects Begovic, a lot of people won't be familiar with the Everton starters that will be coming out this week. And while they may not be uh, known faces from this season, especially someone like Yannick Blassie, who was an absolute DFS legend last season, uh, he could uh, get the start and come into form, which uh, directly correlates to Begovic having a really bad game. Uh, so while Begovic uh, may seem like a friendly option, I'm hoping he'll come off as more of a trap this week, as most people won't be familiar with uh, Everton's forward options. Jordan Pickford on the other side of the field for Everton is going to be one of my top plays in either format this week. At only 4.7K, I think that's an excellent play, uh, excuse me, excellent salary for someone who is on an absolute tear as of late. Everton uh, have uh, not lost in like eight straight games coming into this game and they've won five of those eight uh, pretty well all of their away games this season have finished under three goals not every single one of them but the vast majority so I'm looking for a really low scoring game here this week where Everton will come out on top probably one to two nothing uh, so I think Jordan Pickford makes an excellent play at only 4700 he should have pretty low ownership uh, Nick Pope is an uh, interesting play every week where he's below 5K. Uh, it's really hard not to take a look at him. My concern this week is I think a lot of people will be on him based off the result against Man United last week where it wasn't really a result at the end of the day. They drew. Uh, they weren't able to hold on. And while I definitely wouldn't blame Pope for that in the slightest, that his uh, score directly correlates to how many uh, goals they let in. So unfortunately, if it's two goals they let in, uh, he isn't always coming away with the best ceiling possible. So at only 4.6K, I don't mind him as a cash play if you fall on him, but uh, I'd prefer the other side of the field with Losel, uh, who I, I think is uh, at only 5K is a much better option than Pope this week. Uh, the, what, what concerns me about both of those teams is uh, the, it should be a low-scoring game, much like Everton and Bournemouth, but they don't have defensive players to stack with on either side. Uh, Huddersfield may have an option, but uh, Burnley really don't present any defensive stacking <coughs> options to chase the CS bonus list. So I, I won't be looking at Pope too much, and instead I'll be looking at Losel, uh and seeing if I can find a stack mate with him, uh, but that's probably unlikely too. Uh, Matt Ryan on uh, Brighton is another target for me this week for sure. I think he at only 4.4K. Newcastle is not good just because they're at home and Brighton haven't got a lot of shots on net. That's what these prices are coming from. And uh, Matt Ryan is more than capable of making some saves. And Newcastle conversely let in a lot of goals this season, just to put it bluntly. So uh, I'm looking at uh, Matt Ryan to come away with uh, some pretty good value at only 4.4K. Fabanski on Swansea is always a really good option where you can get him at 4K. Uh, I don't think Watford are that great a shape right now where Fabanski should only be 4K, despite how bad Swansea are. I'm not expecting Fabanski to get a win or a CS bonus, but I'm expecting him to make four or five saves and probably only let in one or two. So uh, you can walk away with some decent value to only 4K this week from there. Uh, but other than that, that is really my keeper takes in terms of what I'm taking. Everyone else below that, I think, is holding way too much risk. Uh, Fraser Forrester is interesting. He has some skill to work with, uh, but Man United should win. Uh, Liverpool should absolutely smash Leicester. So that's a big no on uh, Schmeichel. And Chelsea should absolutely smash Stoke. So that's a big no on Butlin. So uh, other than that, uh, that is really uh, all my keeper takes this week. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. Uh, as always, you just about cover it all. I think I'm going to be limiting myself to um, De Gea, 
Pickford and maybe some Mignolet or Carius if Carius gets a start. Liverpool have only I think they have the best defensive record at home this year. They've conceded two two goals, three goals maybe. But yeah, the it's, pro- it's definitely low. Yeah, the problem is the save opportunities aren't that much. It's kind of crazy. Liverpool have the best um, defensive home record in terms of goals conceded, but Simone Mignolet has the worst save percentage chances in the Prem out of any starting goalkeeper. Very, very awkward and weird stat. Yeah, it makes it really tough to target, especially whenever the wingbacks are generally the most expensive, most slates. Uh, it makes it really hard to work with. Yeah, you basically have to run the keeper naked or pair him up with you know a couple other expensive guys. But yeah, I really like Pickford. We were talking about before we started recording that Everton have won or haven't lost in what the last eight games. Yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. Since late November, they lost at Southampton. But yeah, Pickford's got double digit. You know, point totals in three of his last four games. The only one he didn't get was against Liverpool, which is kind of accepting, even though it was a straight tie. He just didn't get that many chances to see that many saves. So, you know, even on the road against Bournemouth, it's not that hard of a matchup. And Bournemouth aren't the powerhouse type of offense that can unload goals. If anything, it's going to be some fluky, fluky, fluky plays. Anyways, let's move to defense. At defense, um, I think this is a slate where you have to pay up. By pay up, I mean above, you know, 4K. When you get below there, there's nothing really happening. Uh, One guy that we both liked that we spoke about earlier was Luke Shaw. Ever since getting healthy and being forced back into the Mourinho's rotation, he's seen a lot of um, corner kicks and free kick opportunities. Of course, this is all contingent on who's in and who's out for Man U. They are the noon game. We won't see a starting lineup until, you know, after the 10 o'clock games are done. So it'll be difficult to figure out if he's going to see the majority of set pieces, but he's definitely a guy I have my eye on. How about you, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Luke Shaw is my number one play this week for sure as a defensive course. Uh, the big issue, like you touched on, is that outside of keeper for us and basically anyone who's playing DFS this late, we're kind of at the whim of starting lineups. I know that can be said for most weeks, but this week especially where uh, a lot of teams will be rotating. Uh, not only they're starting 11, but their formations around significantly enough that we have to really alter the way we approach this from a DFS perspective. Uh, so Luke Shaw is one of the few people where I think is a pretty guaranteed to start. Valencia has been hurt. So while Man United do have lots of wingback options, I think Valencia is really the only guy that would replace Luke Shaw, and he isn't going to be coming into this at 100%. So even if uh, Valencia is in the starting lineup, uh, or excuse me, on the bench, I still will feel comfortable enough with Shaw to uh, to roll with him, even in cash. Uh, Degay and Shaw's will be my uh, number one defensive stack to go from from there. Uh, I don't mind Ashley Young despite his intense salary. Uh, Southampton just aren't going to put that much pressure on him and prevent him from uh, getting a mass amount of crosses to create something. Uh, the next uh, defender that I'll be targeting this slate uh, is uh, the Watford wingbacks of uh, Jan, Matt, and Ziegler at uh, 
4.8 and 4.7 K. A lot of this will be one-offs or stacking them with Gomes. Uh, I touched on this a few times last podcast and a couple articles. Keepers need saves to make CS bonuses worthwhile. Wingbacks do not. So when we have a team like Swansea who are basically a walking CS bonus for the other team, uh, we don't have to really reach too far. And considering Ziegler and Jan Matter, two incredibly attacking-minded wingbacks, uh, looking at either of them to uh, get forward and cause some things with the CS bonus ceiling just waiting to happen. I really like that this week. And in uh, GPPs, I'll be stacking a lot of golems with Jan, Matt, and Ziegler. The obvious concern here is fouls and cards with which Watford seem to do more than they, uh, with more consistency than they score goals. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. But uh, in terms of cash, uh, I'll be looking at Ziegler and Shaw as probably my one-two punch this week and uh, rolling from there. In terms of uh, other defense, and like you touched on, there really isn't too much as you get down further this week. Uh, Hatter Gajong on a Huddersfield is interesting if he gets to start. Uh, this is where I do what I just touched on, too. Like, we're at the whim here. A lot of the wingbacks are up in the air right now. Uh, Sutner is in the same situation on uh, Brighton. He makes an excellent play this week at only 4.3K, uh, but uh, can we rely on him starting? Absolutely not. So it's tough. Uh, I like uh, Martina and Kenny on Everton, uh, the wingbacks. They don't cross enough for me to really chase them in GPP, and they don't have, uh, excuse me, in uh, cash. Uh, I won't be chasing the cash, but in GPP, you can kind of chase that with a, a CS bonus in Bournemouth. It could be interesting. Uh, so I'll be waiting to see what happens there uh, speaking of Bournemouth uh, they have a situation where uh, Charlie Daniels looks like he's going to be out Stanislas is out for sure and Sherman looks like he's going to be out also there so that's their three set piece takers uh, for Bournemouth uh, all going to be out so that kind of is a big uptick for Pickford in one way and another way too it's going to open up some slots here for Bournemouth when we get to midfielder we'll talk about that but if Charlie Daniels does end up playing he does make an interesting cash play for Bournemouth because Stanislas is definitely going to be out and uh, Daniels is number two in uh, the pecking order for set pieces. Uh, I don't mind uh, if you want to get really fancy, uh, try going with some uh, or uh, some excuse me, some Leicester or some Southampton wingbacks in uh, like Chilwell or Pied or uh, Fuchs or uh, I'm trying to think of uh, who uh, probably Matthew Target or will be starting for Southampton on the other side. So uh, those are uh, a few interesting contrarian options because they do get forward. Uh, but in terms of defense, that's pretty well it. I don't mind Chris Lowe on Huddersfield too. He's another guy. The last one I wanted to talk about, sorry, I kind of got caught with this last week where, on Leicester where they started Dragovic at uh, 2,600 as a right back. And in, in many ways, he was a free square because it allowed you to spend up for some of the high ceilings that absolutely hit. You just need to hope those ceilings actually do hit. Uh, the one guy this week that, that interests me that should have absolutely no real uh, relevance is Jeff Cameron on Stoke. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is he's literally min value at uh, down at the 20 uh, 2600 range, and he's been playing 90 minutes as a defensive midfielder for Stoke. Uh, so that is interesting to me in the sense that he's not playing defense; he's playing midfield, and that could uh, introduce him to a few more attacking options. Uh, but other than that, uh, that is my defensive takes. Yeah, you just uh, covered it all. Um... I was looking at Kenny and Martina, but they just, I don't, what's, 
they just haven't produced in recent weeks. I don't know yeah, why. There's literally no crossing there. Uh, so even if like they do get an assist uh, and the CS bonus, which would be worth nine points, you're lucky to get two or three crosses out. The, so like uh, you're looking at potentially uh, a three times value would be your absolutely best option. And the only way that would really work out in a GPP setting is if not a lot other, not a lot of other CS bonuses work out for the week. And uh, there isn't a lot of value to be had there. So it's kind of a big ask. But at the same time, uh, Kenny, I was looking at him one week in cash and he ended up getting an assist. Like, they're not incapable. It's just they're really suboptimal. Yeah. We also touched on earlier, both of us, that, you know, managers are likely going to shake up their rotations and lineups. And Everton is definitely one of those teams. I expect, you know... Um, Big Sam to rotate the top three, Idris, Gouye, um, Andre Lookman, I think is expected to get in there and feature this weekend. So, you know, with these guys coming in, there could be more of a rotational change, like you said, with the wingbacks flanking up and being a lot more active against a, a team that is definitely very vulnerable in the back line. Anyways... That just about wraps up defense. Let's move to midfield where it gets interesting and where the bulk of your points usually come from between midfield and forward. As always, at the top, we got the um, one-two punch of Coutinho and Salah at home. 11K is definitely, you know, pricey, but this is a team coming off a 5 nothing victory midweek against Swansea. But this is also a team that, you know, Liverpool will look and Klopp will look to rotate things. You could probably count on seeing one of Salah or Coutinho being on the bench with a guy like Adam Alana moving into the starting lineup. Sadio Mane, Dominic Solanke. Expect one of those three guys or two of them to start for Liverpool this weekend. And just below that, you got the second highest favorites, Chelsea. Um... Hazard makes for a fine target. Murata. Seth Fragbergas is a guy that comes in consistently with the high floor. He is always involved in crosses, even though he's only had three his most recent games. But you can count on him to rack up an assist and come in with a safe floor at 7,600. Just below that, Matt Ritchie, I think, is a guy that's pretty interesting. Um, the crosses haven't all of that been there in the most recent games, but he... You know, coming back at home against uh, definitely a bottom-tier opponent in Brighton. Newcastle surprisingly decently favored in this game, so you can count on him to get involved. On the other side, Pascal Gross is another interesting play at just 6,900. But I think the majority of my lineups, I'm going to have some exposure to Man U. Tom Cleverly is a guy all the way down to 5,700. For cash, you can definitely lock in because of his amount of crosses and the way their Watford lineup is shaping up. And Swansea's always a team that you want to be sure to have exposure against. What are your takes, Rob? Anyone that stands out to you in particular? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's important to bring up, I think this is going to be a week of a lot of people making the right choice for the wrong decisions. Just give me one second here, sorry. I have a pretty bad cold at the moment. Sorry about that. <laughs> so 
essentially for Coutinho, I'm predicting that he's going to be starting as the center midfielder this week. A lot of people will still be on him because he's an incredible play, and he's probably still going to pay off. But a lot of people are going to be picking him, thinking he's going to be on the wing and do something on the wing, when in fact he's going to be in the center midfield, still having a great floor and finding a way to hit a ceiling. I think Salah is someone that you're going to have to probably fade this week. Uh, Liverpool just are presenting too many fronts here, saying that they're going to be switching things up and pulling out some sort of rotation. Uh, Lalana is someone I'm going to be looking at for sure, especially if he starts. But Salah's been the one that has been coming off in the last few games, not Coutinho. So uh, it doesn't necessarily. Salah's the one coming off at inopportune times. Uh, Coutinho usually gets taken off uh, towards the end of the game. So. In terms of Salah, I probably will be just sticking uh, with Coutinho this week and rocking only with him. That isn't to say Salah isn't incapable. He's very much capable. I'm just looking at Coutinho to be in better situation than Salah this week. And when they're the exact same price, uh, I think uh, Coutinho is a lot safer, uh, which is what I'm really looking for uh, in terms of my end result uh, when I'm spending that much. My big concern with Hazard, again, I think a lot of this is going to be, this, like I just talked about, the, the right decision for the wrong reason. I think Hazard is going to be a great play this week. But the issue with his crosses is mostly what Chelsea does is they take short corners. And uh, this eliminates anyone from getting a cross because they'll just dribble it into the box and make a pass rather than a cross. And no one gets credit for a pass. Uh, not in DraftKings anyway. So Hazard will probably still find the ceiling this week because Stoker is just really, really bad. But at the same time, uh, I think that his ceiling uh, won't be based off of the cross floor that a lot of people will be looking for from him. Uh, Firmino's in the same situation as Salad. He's probably going to be taken off. He may not even stay. So uh, from 9.8K, I'm probably going to be fading that and just using Coutinho as if I want any kind of Liverpool exposure. Uh, touching back on what I said about defenders, uh, we're at the whim here to starters. Like you uh, alluded to, Sadio Mane could get the start. And uh, 9.5K is a little bit expensive for someone that hasn't been playing a lot lately, but at the same time, it's Liverpool. Uh, so you can just expect things to happen. I'm just not... Uh, Coutinho is the only logical ceiling, the only safe path to a ceiling that I see from all these Liverpool guys. So he'll be the one that I'll be sticking to. Um, Willem from Chelsea has been playing a lot lately, which is concerning me. And his salary's probably a little bit too expensive. Uh, now, Jesse Lingard and Man United is someone I'm intri very intrigued by this slate. Uh, again, this is a situation where you don't know if he's going to start, and he's in the late game. So you can take him and hope to pivot off into Paul Pogba if Lingard doesn't end up starting. But he's just been playing at an incredible rate uh, as of late. So I'll be looking at Jesse Lingard some GPPs this week uh, to try and cash in uh, because uh, I'm thinking that uh, despite uh, man, he, him getting two goals last week and tying the game, a lot of people will still look at Man United and feel nervous uh, and not realize he's one of the reasons Man United actually got a result. So uh, I'm, I'm into him. I'm into Paul Pogba. Probably not in cash. It's a little bit too expensive for cash uh, this week for me. Pedro, same interesting, uh, same situation, excuse me, as w William, where he just hasn't been playing as much lately, and that's a concern. Uh, Sigurdsson, I'm definitely going to be buying into this week. Uh, Sigurdsson, Cash, uh, and uh, Rooney in uh, GPP is basically how I'm going to be approaching that. 
Uh, Sigurdsson and Coutinho are going to be my cash forwards most likely this week. Uh, again, uh, same as last week. I just like Sigurdsson's floor. And against Bournemouth, they really shouldn't do too much to prevent Sigurdsson from finding that floor. Aaron Moy is probably a little bit too expensive. I like the idea of him in GPP. Uh, I like him in cash, like I said. But I would rather just uh, spend up a, a a hundred more to uh, Sigurdsson where I just like that game situation a lot better. Uh, there's a lot more potential for a ceiling there where they have very similar floors. Uh, like I said, uh, Rooney and uh, GPP, I think that's going to be a great play this week. He's going to have low ownership and uh, Bournemouth uh, are going to be weak in the areas where Rooney will see most of his time. Uh, same with Sigurdsson. So I really like those two. Uweinberg uh, Goodmanson's interesting, the same as Moy. Uh, just a tiny bit too expensive, and I think that'll be too low scoring of a game for that kind of salary, despite their excellent floors. Uh, Shakiri is somebody you have to fade this week, uh, simply because if you look at his scores, he has this knack of just not showing up against the really big teams. So uh, I'm looking for Shakiri not to show up against Chelsea and finish in single digits, even from 7.1K. A lot of people will see that think it's a great uh, salary to get Shakiri from. He just doesn't show up against big teams. So I'm not interested in Shakiri this week at all. Mirez is a really interesting GPP play. If uh, Leicester are going to do anything, it's going to be off Mirez. So uh, Liverpool aren't perfect, and if that CS bonus was going to be ruined, it would be against. Uh, it would be for Mirez. Like you touched on, though, Liverpool have been excellent at the back. I just think Mirez is playing in excellent form as of late. Could probably sneak one by. Pascal Grobe is someone I'm going to be looking at in cash. Absolutely. Brighton are one of those teams, again, that are mixing up their formation, doing everything different. So I'm kind of at the whim here. Hopefully uh, Grobe gets the start and we can use him. Uh, but uh, in terms of cash, I think uh, Pascal Gross is an excellent play. Alonso's interesting for GPP. Uh, I'm hoping Belasi gets the start for Everton again. And if he does, I'll be using him uh, at only 6.5K. That's an excellent steal. Lallana's interesting from Liverpool if he gets the start. Ryan Frazier is someone I'm going to be considering in cash if both Daniels and Sherman are out for this game. He took over set-piece duties with Ibe uh, last week, and uh, considering 6.2K isn't a really serious ask uh, for someone in that situation. I may go back to the well here in Tom Ince and GPP. I think that's a really smart play. Uh, Tom Cleverly is going to be a cash lock for me. The only 5.7K against Swansea. There's a ceiling there waiting to happen along with this floor. So I really like Tom Cleverly this week an awful lot. After that, there really isn't a whole lot to look at. Albrighton would be interesting if it wasn't against Liverpool. Uh, Decor is interesting for Watford. I'm not sure how... Southampton are going to line up. Uh, Jordan Ward-Prowse could be interesting for GPPs if you want to be sneaky. Solly March is someone you can consider in uh, either format at only 4.9K. He's been getting an awful lot of minutes, so I do really like Solly March. Uh, but really from there, there isn't too much to talk about at all. Uh, the Swansea guys interest me as in... Uh, I've been burned so many times by Watford. It just sets up to be burned by Watford again. So I don't mind Narsing or Rutledge. If either of those two get the start, uh, they interest me. But uh, that's really my uh, midfielder takes for this week. So what kind of strategy are you looking to employ in GPPs? Do you have any guys that you feel have the most upside based off their current price and matchup? My strategy is based off of not having any guys uh now that is to say the, the issue is like my gpp strategy this week is going to be 
based strictly off of who the starting lineups are for teams. Uh, I'm going to try and get some really low-owned guys that people didn't expect to start, and a lot of people won't have built into their cards. Uh, for example, Lalana is someone that I think could be really sneaky if he ends up starting. Uh, Wayne Rooney, I don't think a lot of people are going to be building him in because he was questionable with sickness all week. Uh, Jesse Lingard is the third guy that I think will be really interesting. But uh, in terms of guys, no, I don't really have a GPP guy this week that I'm going with. Uh, but in terms of my strategy, yeah, I'm going to be building around these starters. Maybe Yannick Blasi. See what happens. Yeah, I like Yannick Blasi a lot. I think he's a high... Um boomer bust type player he, there's not really a floor there but the ceiling is endless uh he's a guy that i found watching a couple seasons ago when he was on crystal palace and he he he's a ball hog per se but in a good way he reminds me of shakiri a little bit with the ball he holds on to it runs with it and just looks to throw in an aimless cross or deke five guys and somehow get the gut you know a shot on that so everton are always looking for you know sources of offense and velocity is definitely a guy that'll help them be creative in the final third because gilfie sigurdsson is just not cutting it by himself so let's move to forward same story here applies to the top guys they all have mid midi forward eligibility then we get back down to the the Manchester United trio of Rashford, Zlatan, and Lukaku. Zlatan found himself starting midweek for the first time, I believe, since last season. Uh, he didn't really produce much. Um, he, I don't know. I don't know if Marino's going to start him again. Marino's a guy that, if it doesn't work once, he's very likely to pull the cord and you know completely. Yeah, he won't be starting again. Mourinho came out today saying that they won't start together as a pair until they're at top form, and both of them are at bottom form right now, so it won't be happening again for a while. Yeah, um, there you go. So I think Lukaku is going to get the start up alone. I think he's definitely in play at 9,100. Southampton are just atrocious. They're going backwards in the table. Man, you aren't really competing for the top spot because Manchester City is like 14 points ahead or some crazy number. Um, but they're still second, and they're still, I think, the second highest favorites of any team tomorrow. So, again, they play at 12.30, so we won't know their lineup, but I'm almost positive Lukaku and Rashford will be in there, and they make for fine plays. Richarlison's a guy I like a lot, 8,300. His prices come back down to earth a little bit. He was hovering, and you know he got even up to ten thousand at one point in mid nines. He's back down to eighty three hundred at home against Swansea. He is a very active player. I hope this isn't the game where their coach finally decides to rest him, because this is you know a prime target to roster him. He draws fouls. Look at his last game. He got ten point five points with just three shots. None of them on net. Didn't have a cross. Drew seven fouls, which is that's you know pretty outstanding to draw seven fouls i think that's his most all season so he's a guy that always have the ball he's their primary source of playmaking for wofford and i look for him firmly to get <clears throat> in double digit points comes with a high floor and even higher ceiling and 
Below that, Pascal Gross, we touched on. Bert Goodmanson, I think, is always a safe play. He's hit double digits for, what, one, two, three, four, five, five straight games since Robbie Brady's been out. His price is constantly still hovering around the 7K range, which makes for a high floor and a somewhat high ceiling. Um, when you go below that, my if this guy finds his way into Everton's starting lineup, I'm going to find a way to roster him. One more in Yassi. He's definitely a boom-bust candidate. He's purely reliant on scoring and shots. But if there's a game where he finds the back of the net a couple of times and he's up top by himself, this is the game against Bournemouth. Even though they're on the road, I think he makes for a fine play at 6,400. But keep in mind, he is a goal-dependent player. What are your takes, Rob? Anyone you like in particular? Yeah, so this, this week's going to be really weird for forwards. The way I'm approaching it is quite simple. Uh, if... At the end of the week, someone has to win. There's going to be a winning card at the end of every slate. That's just that's just the way things work. So you just kind of have to look at this and wonder who's going to be the winner this week, who's really going to be the uh, the winning GPP player. And I, I really don't know. I, I honestly am drawing a lot of blanks this week. I like Murata an awful lot, despite him not being a very good, good informed player at the moment Stoke are just really bad so it's like you can just almost roster Murata in the hopes that Stoke will be bad and do bad things uh which has been uh, pretty guaranteed all season Coutinho is just really expensive for GPP so it's it's really hard to use that salary and hope to find ceilings somewhere else uh because then you drop down to guys like uh Richelson who who sh- Probably my top forward play of the week going up against Swansea, who aren't very good. 8.3K. He should see 90 minutes with all the injuries and suspensions Watford have going on. So it's it's really a case of, do I think Richardson can outscore Murata? Absolutely. And he's 2K cheaper. So I'm looking to spend down a lot this week in forward uh, in GPP going to be fading Lukaku until he gets rested. I'm going to be fading Ibrahimovic until he shows he's fully healthy again. And that just leaves Rashford and Lingard, as we talked about in the midfields. And I love these two this week. Uh, If those two start, uh, I'll be looking to stack them. The only issue I'm really finding here is that if Rashford doesn't start, there's no pivot. Uh, You can't just pivot to someone else and be like, you're safe now. You'll need an extra four hundred dollars to pivot up to Lukaku, who is a. And I know you you like him, which is, I respect that. But I just think Lukaku is a really bad play this slate. So I'm not in comparison to Rashford anyway. So like I'm not looking to spend up that much to Lukaku, and there won't be any other late other pivots like Marshall's even less likely to start than Rashford or Lingard. So it's like at the end of the day, where are you going to go here uh, with that eight point seven k if Rashford does? To start uh so in a in a couple cards i'm probably gonna have rashford and richelson as my forwards and just pray to the dfs gods rashford actually gets to start here uh but other than that the, the top end there really doesn't interest me in gpp that much uh until you hit richelson uh that's when things start to get interesting because you can start to drop down so we talked on sigurdsson uh we talked on uh rooney uh, you touched on Berg Goodmanson there, which uh, I completely agree with. Uh, I touched on Meraz already. Uh, I think he's a great GPP contrarian play. Uh, I think uh, Grohl uh, is an excellent all-around play in either format. Slanky could even get the start for Liverpool, which wouldn't surprise me. Ox is 
been surprisingly uh, uh, offensively relevant given his position in the field. I like Balassi a lot. You like Nassi a lot. Callum Wilson's going to get 90 minutes. Like already, like I'm just ripping through the seven, six K guys, and they're all in better situations than the super expensive guys. And the super expensive guys are all excellent plays. That's not the issue here. They're all great players. The issue is that at the end of the day, Pascal Grove will outscore uh, Murata if they both get a goal. Like, uh, he'll be the far better play. You know what I mean? So uh, I think uh, all the gold this week lies in the cheaper forwards. I really like uh, Dwight Gale and Newcastle if he gets the start. Again, we're at the whim here. We don't know who's going to get the start. Mooney's been coming off like crazy for Huddersfield. I'd like to play him, but you just can't. Joshua King's been hurt and coming off. So that's another guy you can't trust. Ashley Burns I like this week, but he keeps being subbed off. So you can't trust that. Uh, Quainer and Huddersfield. There we go. I know uh, a bunch of people were on him last week. I have no problem with him this week. I think he's an excellent play. Uh, and only 5.5K in Huddersfield. He should see 90 minutes. I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Lookman may get the start. Joe's Lou may get the start. Uh, Jamie Vardy's been waiting for a goal forever. Glenn Murray takes PKs. Andre Gray is an excellent play if he gets the start. I'm hoping he finally gets some serious minutes here for Watford. At only 5.1K, he would be an incredible GPP play this week against Swansea if he happens to get the start. Uh, Hamed's been starting for Brighton a lot. Like the, It's just really, really, really hard to pick someone out here. Jordan A has been playing 90 minutes as a winger for Swansea. Uh, like Even uh, Esquerdo's playing 90 minutes as a winger for Brighton. Carrillo saw 90 minutes last week uh, at only 4.4K against Swansea. That's really hard to look away from. With uh, Charlie Austin out, Gabadini for Southampton should see lots of minutes. Him and Shane Long both should see minutes for Southampton. And we saw how Man United did last week. And even if you want to get even lower, McBurney started for Swansea last week against Man City. And he, he didn't do that badly. Peter Crouch has seen 90 minutes. Like, I don't know. Uh, even these super cheap guys are not really that big a difference to like the super expensive guys when you get to GPP relevance. So uh, for this week, I'm going to be looking to spend down on the guys I mentioned. Uh, Andre Gray for Watford is someone I'm going to be paying special attention to, and hopefully he gets to start here. That's someone that I really be looking to get into my GPP cards. But uh, other than that, it's it's going to be really complicated and totally at the whim of who ends up starting. Yeah, <clears throat> that'll be the theme of this weekend. Um, all these teams played midweek, they play tomorrow, and they also have games on New Year's and the day after New Year's, depending on team scheduling. So like we said, it, this slate is all going to be contingent on who, who's in, who's out, and ro rotations and shakeups. Um, a good source of all this, or a good website I used to, like, you know, Look at the lineups and formations. It's flashscore.com. I highly suggest getting on there. Uh, lineups are not only the most important, but uh, a formation is just as important. Seeing where guys line up, seeing who's in, who's out, that all you know has a huge factor and huge toll on set-piece opportunities and how a team is going to play, where they're going to be attacking or where they're going to sit back and park the bus and you know live off the counter. Um, that about does it for this edition of the foul balls podcast for friday december 29th and we will see you guys hopefully we'll record a podcast for new year's day so look out for that good luck have a good weekend have fun everyone